0: Hello there, I'm Amy Rapone, your host and trusted tour guide toward body liberation. I'm an anti-diet dietitian who helps my clients find nourishing ways to live their lives and a mom who's hoping she's not messing her kids up too much. I hope you'll join me in conversations with my guests about building on apologetic joy, liberating fat bodies and bringing diet culture to its knees. Welcome to Rad Love Radio. To Rad Love Radio, you are listening to episode four featuring the lovely and fabulous Lindley Ashline, writer, photographer, body liberation advocate, and activist. And I will be honest that I fangirled a little bit during this episode because I have been following Lindley for a very long time, or at least it feels like to me now. Um, And so being able to talk to her was an absolute pleasure I'm so excited that y'all are here I hope that you've listened to some of the other past episodes if not feel free to go listen to the other three later on today if you'd like also if you are a lover of the rad love radio podcast head on over to our patreon page I will have the link down below in the show notes so that you can help me support my guests that's what I would like to do help them receive funds for their time energy expertise They give so much by coming on here and I appreciate it so much. So I would like to be able to pass that along. Unfortunately, I can't do that on my own yet. So uh, I'm giving out some perks. And what I am able to do, if you head on over to Patreon, you can see all the fun goodies that you can receive, helping me support our guests. And before we jump in, a few updates on what's going on with Rad Love. So over at Rad Love Nutrition, I am uh, currently taking on one-to-one clients, both for uh, nutrition counseling and body image coaching. So if that's something that you are interested in, I will have the link down in the show notes for you to uh, check that out. And also keep an eye out for the small group body image intensive group that I'll be uh, putting out there in January. I can't wait to put this out here. It's kind of been... A labor of love that I've been building on now for the last year or so and that is called defy discomfort so many of my clients come to me telling me that they are over diets they're over intentional weight loss they are just ready to move on with their lives but they still feel this discomfort being in their bodies and so that's what defy discomfort was made for was to help us pinpoint where those discomforts lie and how we can start to move past them. And so I can't wait to share that with you. If you would like more information on that program that's going to be upcoming, there is a wait list, uh, email list down below, also in the show notes that you can jump in on so that you can find out more information as it gets released. And with that being said, here is my interview with Lindley Ashline. Hope you enjoy. all right well welcome so much to our guest today lindley lindley would you like to take a moment to uh, introduce yourself to everyone
1: yeah thanks for having me uh my name is lindley ashline that's l-i-n-d-l-e-y and you can pronounce the d or not <laughs> okay uh, I, good to know i grew up southern so i don't pronounce the d but, all right <laughs> but but uh occasionally people get kind of wrapped up in should i be pronouncing the d lindley is fun. Uh, I'm a photographer, writer, and body acceptance activist, and I live outside Seattle, Washington. Uh, I do—I have my fingers in a number of different pies, so I do a <laughs> lot of different things, uh, but it all sort of comes back to uh, fat acceptance, body liberation. And I do want to clarify for this episode that when I use the word fat, which I do a lot, uh, I'm using it as a neutral descriptor of bodies uh, in the same way that I might say someone is tall or has brown hair. Uh, I'm not using that as as an insult or a negative a negative thing. And, uh, and yeah, so I do I do client photography, boudoir and portrait sessions, small business sessions. I do stock photography. Uh, I do some help at every size consulting. I do a lot of writing. and uh, uh, I also have the Body Love shop, which is my curated uh, fat friendly store with artwork, and, uh, high weight limit furniture, and and it's sort of a one stop shop for body acceptance goods and artwork.
0: And I appreciate that. I have dug through that body shop a lot, um, and I I love it so much. I've been following your work for for quite a while now. Um, maybe not as long as you've maybe been doing the work for, but certainly since I found you, I was on board. So I'm so excited to have you here. It's a huge pleasure, and so. To kind of start off our conversation, I'm gonna ask you the question that I kind of ask everybody here, and what does body liberation mean to you?
1: Now, when when Amy and I were talking right before we started recording this episode, I said, oh, give me a minute. I need to, I need to <laughs> sit down and think about this because otherwise it's gonna be a really long, rambling answer that doesn't mean anything. But, but I sat down for a second and thought about it. And my answer of what body liberation is is it's tearing down the systems that elevate the worth of some bodies above others. Uh, So it's beyond just feeling good about your body or being happy with your body or accepting your body. It's the liberation part is about the systems. So it is it is very much a political stance Mm -hmm. um, and a system wide stance um, and not just a personal one, uh, because. When all bodies are equally free to participate in public life, public infrastructure, healthcare, um, employment, uh, all these different things, where some bodies are valued more than others, when we're all equally free to participate in that, we—that is what liberation means. And so, it's a—it's a political stance and a stance about power. But it comes back to our individual bodies too, to free our bodies to to participate in the ways that that more highly valued bodies are get to participate.
0: Yeah. I think that that's a word that's really come up a lot in a lot of people's responses. So far is that freedom aspect of everything where it really is, you know, we see those things that we don't have access to as, as fat people. And it's, it's really integrating that freedom part where we can do some of the work for ourselves, but it's hard to do that work until these things, in our society change along the way. Yeah. And so kind of some of those things are work that you do in media representation and, you know, having the stock footage that you have purchased from and very happy to have access to in being able to see people in different body shapes than we would typically see in in social media or media in general without, you know, we might see You know people in fat bodies for like a diabetes medication ad or these things where we kind of note that this isn't the body that you want to be in it's more of a negative tone more than people just celebrating their lives why do you feel like representation is so important to fat liberation
1: well representation is so important because uh and i i have the numbers for this we have studies on this Mm -hmm. um i can't quote them off the top of my head that's okay we can can put them in the show notes sure um uh, but we know from you know actual real science that what people see affects uh how they see themselves and what they think is possible Mm -hmm. for them so Uh, If the only time we ever see fat bodies in the media is in a negative context, Uh, that is teaching all of us people in all different kinds of bodies, how to feel about fat bodies, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not only that it's when we don't see fat bodies represented positively uh, we don't we don't think we can do that. and, and and this is, you know, this is certainly not limited to fat folks. Um, it, you know, when we when we don't see black people in positions Absolutely. of authority, um, we are less likely to consider black folks authoritative and so on. And this this applies to every marginalized group, not just fat folks. Exactly. Um, but but fat people is my lane.
0: So that's what I'm Fair.
1: About. I, I just want to be very clear that this is not unique. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so when we when we don't see fat people, uh, when I started doing photography professionally, I spent about 10 years really wanting to, but I'd never seen a fat photographer ever. Mm. I'd never heard of one and that is changing. That is changing rapidly, sure. which is great. Um, I know lots of fat photographers now mm-hmm. um, who were doing wonderful work. But when I started looking at photography as a business, as opposed to just a hobby, um, when I started thinking about photographing people, um because I started out in nature photography which I still enjoy very much uh but when I started thinking about photographing people of course the obvious the obvious avenue to take is wedding photography right and I just really struggled with this concept of being you know a fat photographer because I'm like who's gonna want to work are people going to want a fat photographer at their wedding are people going to want to work with a fat photographer? I'd never seen one. I just I and of course from an academic standpoint or like, you know, from a mental standpoint, yes, of course it's possible. sure. But but I'd never seen one. And so I had to fight that um, you know, am I going to be the only fat person at your wedding? Um and then I ended up choosing not to do wedding photography after all. Okay. But but that fair. was sort of I think obvious, that's fair. <laughs> you know, that was sort of the obvious yeah, place to start. So so, you know, when we don't see fat people as political leaders, when we don't see fat people as academics, when mm-hmm. we don't see fat people as CEOs, um, <laughs> all these different things, that is it it shows us that that is not at a subconscious level. We absorb that that is not where we belong. right. and so so, the representation, again, not just fat folks, but the representation of mm-hmm. every possible kind of human being, is so important because at a subconscious level, it tells us where we belong, what is possible for us. And so, um, and like when we, we never see fat kids in the media, unless they're punchlines or cautionary tales, or, Mm -hmm. you know, fat people are, we're before pictures. We are the ones, yeah, we end up in the, we only get represented in like the diabetes ads and like the, the headless fatty on the news who's walking down the street with in, mm-hmm. and their head is cut off in the video roll and yep. they're they're holding us a, a giant soda. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like when we are only shown in this negative context, we internalize that. Oh, and again, for sure. we have the science on body image. We know that this happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, you know, when you bring up the not seeing fat photographers and not knowing if you'd be able to do that, I wonder how many people in so many different professions, because I know I felt that way as a dietitian, you know, we, (laughs) there was not very many of us out there, certainly none in my class, none that I had ever met or seen. Um, I know I wonder how, you know, what professions people really think of that. When would I be a fat person as a lawyer or as any of those kinds of, uh, professions where maybe I can't do it because of that, because that automatically puts that little earworm in to know that "Mm, maybe somebody uh, that's second guessing, maybe because I'm in a fat body, I can't do this when of course we can.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and and then, um, when the representation is non-existent or very rare, uh, what often ends up happening is when they are is an example of that representation uh, on one hand that person is treated so badly they may or may not last very long in that role True. um but it it's also becomes the like what i've started calling the talking dog phenomenon mm-hmm. where they become they're not respected for what they do because they're fat mm-hmm. and my favorite example of this is susan boyle if, yes. if you remember she was yep. she, she was she was very famous for a hot second I don't even know how long ago now, because she had this amazing singing voice, and if you watch the original episodes of whichever talent show she was on, I don't do a lot of yeah. TV. So I, I think it was TV. the
0: British version of yeah. uh, Talent, something. Like Britain's Got this Talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't something know. like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, uh, so when you when you watch those clips from those original episodes, it's very much this talking dog phenomenon. Like they are mm-hmm. so astonished, not not that this human being has a beautiful voice they weren't blown away by her voice they were blown away that a fat person had a voice Mm -hmm. and it's so condescending and it's so i get really infuriated when i talk about this because uh, because of course fat people can be amazing singers of course they can be amazing dancers of course they can be lawyers but when we only see that one sample it's like there's all this condescension and nonsense that surrounds that where they can't just Susan Boyle wasn't able to just be a human with a wonderful voice. Right. She had to be like the clown. She had to be um, like, people were like, oh, your voice is so great. But nobody took her seriously.
0: Yeah. And all of the media coverage and headlines that she had after the fact, you know, there was always a but involved, right? Like she has a beautiful voice, but, and then they would always make cracks about the way that she looked or. Body or any of those things, um, which imagine being such a, co- a contradiction to be celebrated in such a way, but then also tore down at the same time. It's yeah. it's intense. I can't yeah. imagine.
1: Yeah, it is intense, and you know, and and it it sucks to be that that pathbreaker. It sucks to be the the leader in your field, it, it, being in a marginalized body because people are so astonished that you have any skill or value whatsoever because you're fat (laughs) right and uh, like i said i get really riled up about that i
0: I get that i get that
1: it's just it's just infuriating to see people treated like that um because when you think about the amount of short-term fame and notoriety that she had and she did produce an album Mm -hmm. but a, a person in a a more socially approved body who had that level of fame, um, even short term, um, would have had a gazillion career opportunities. Mm-hmm. Could you be know, doing movies. Not, they, yeah. They, yeah, I mean that would have been a huge entry point for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what she's doing these days. I haven't <laughs> looked her up recently. But you know, e- either you heard about her at the time, or you have no idea who she is. Right, like, I think yeah, uh, you know. I think you're very. So accurate I'm assuming on that. that those career opportunities were not open to her.
0: Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings I think into uh, the post that you had put out on September 1st about fat people all oftentimes being like the fool or the villain or greedy in a lot of our media, especially in our written media, but certainly taking on the the role of the fool as uh, Susan Boyle did in like being this extraordinary character of herself that <laughs> perpetuated the media for a really long time in such a negative way outside of this beautiful gift that she had. And I think that that continues to really tear people down and how we are never seen as the good guy. We're never seen as somebody who is going to contribute to society in a a positive way that we could ever do anything and how suppressing with the amount of ideas that all people including fat people have that you know where could we be (laughs) where could we be with that
1: yeah yeah i mean what on 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 level what what kind of uh what kind of science scientific breakthroughs are we missing because the the mind that could have made that breakthrough couldn't fit in the desk in grad school Mm -hmm. what are we what are what kind of voices are we missing because nobody would would allow fat people to make it through auditions what are we you know what what supreme court justice Mm -hmm. are we missing what what president did we miss you know what what cure for cancer did we miss to use Mm -hmm. the cliche because because fat people are only allowed to, to to occupy so many roles and all of those roles are either negative, or they are supporting roles. Right. Uh, we are either, and again, this crosses with race in some really important ways. Yes, absolutely. Line, I want to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, you know, if you're interested, look up the fat black mammy stereotype. This is yes, it, absolutely this, that's one place where it really overlaps. Mm-hmm. But, but we we are allowed to have villain roles. We're allowed to have the sloppy the sloppy fat husband roles. We're allowed to have. We're allowed to have the Melissa McCarthy sidekick roles, mm-hmm. where we're where the we're the clown, we're funny. We're allowed to we're allowed to have like the jolly secondary character roles. We're mm-hmm. allowed to be sad. Yeah, we're Absolutely, of be, course.
0: We're expected to be sad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're we're you know we can be the 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 tertiary character, shoving the cake in their face in the background and and crying into their ice cream. You know. Yeah. But we don't get to be we don't get to be the princess. Mm-hmm. We don't get to be the star we don't get to be the genius who comes in and saves the day we don't get to be the action hero Uh, we might get to be the action hero's ridiculous sidekick (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know yeah but like you know one of you know one of my favorite sort of privately favorite sayings is fat girls gets to be princesses too
0: absolutely (laughs)
1: um you know we get to be glamorous and elegant and things but but we're not we're not allowed Mm -hmm. um even though we are inherently all of those wonderful things uh, but we are not represented in those things.
0: Absolutely. And I, and that, again, we may grow up wanting to be those things and are s- smashed from the get-go to say that this is not an option for you. You get to be my maid of honor. Or you get to be the flower girl or whatever in the dress-up. Um, you know, you don't get to be the bride. Or you know, we never get to really flourish from there. And I think that goes into a lot with fat people in dating too, where mm-hmm. we think of where people aren't going to be able to, how could they possibly love us? And, uh, you know, it, it just it brings us down too much, too much. When it comes to what can be done in trying to move forward, where do you see that? going and do you see any positive change
1: yeah i i do i think you know if you if you look at my social media um i do have some some bones to pick with the body positivity movement and the way that it has uh taken the work and the progress made by fat activists
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and used it to uh so that that people that are in very normative bodies can center themselves and profit from it yeah. Um, and that that's a that's a different story. But, <laughs> but I do think that the body positivity movement that mainstreaming has made it accessible and present for a lot of people who would not otherwise have been exposed to the concept of body acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see the health at every size movement is, is gaining in awareness, you know, people are more aware of that. I do think the world is changing. It's changing far too slowly to suit me. Sure, <laughs> ditto. I feel that, the same that way. Is, that's, that's why I started being an activist because it wasn't mm-hmm. changing enough. And I, I started pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't see me on this recording, but I'm making these yeah. pushing <laughs> gestures towards
0: you. She's pushing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, there are big ways that things can change in small ways. And all of those things are changes. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time talking about My privilege of being able to be, you know, I run my own business full time, although I do have some part time corporate work, Mm -hmm. but but I spend most of my time running my own business, Um, I'm not accountable to uh, an employer where I might get fired for speaking out loud. I'm not, I don't have kids, so I have, my time is mostly my own, my schedule is mostly my own. Um, The consequences of the the words that I say, uh, of course there can be consequences, but Generally, they're not career consequences. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I have a huge amount of pri- privilege and a huge amount of freedom in my ability to speak, which allows me to be radical in a way that I would not be able to be if I had an office job and, you know, kids who's who needed to be able to fit in in their social circles or whatever. Right. Um, So, so I'm always very careful to say that, you know, again, I have all these privileges to speak. And to be more of a capital A activist, Mm -hmm. Um, but anybody can, anybody can push the needle, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's, whether it's just not participating in diet talk at the office or it's, uh, you know, it's, it's making sure that your kids aren't hearing you talk negatively about your body or other people's bodies. You know, there's so many things that you can do that literally will change the world. Um, and I come back to kids a lot, even though I'm not a parent because you know, that's the next generation coming up. And, and what you do as a parent or a relative or a teacher or any kind of, you know, person who spends any time around kids, the way you interact with your body and their bodies, like that is that is incredibly important. Um, but but some of the ways that we can change that that come back to a little bit to photography too, mm-hmm. are uh this is why I do the stock photography. Um, because it is it's another way that we are directly changing the world yeah. so so when people are using more diverse stock photos uh if you don't know what stock photos are to so just to circle back to that stock photos are the photos that people and in illustrations that people use for their marketing mm-hmm. so unless you are coca-cola yes. or microsoft if you're a company uh you probably don't have the budget or the authority to hire a photographer every time you need a photo. Yeah, and do a
0: whole shoot. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, do, to do a whole photo shoot. So you're using stock photos. If you've heard of Getty Images, they also do mm-hmm. like the red carpet paparazzi type photos. Um Getty Images is one of the the big old school stock photo agencies. Uh, there's also iStock Photo and Dreamstock and there are a thousand stock photo sites on the internet. And of the human bodies depicted in those images that these mainstream stock photo sites have are thin. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, people, particularly people who are in very large bodies are just not represented at all. Because photographers are hiring models to be in those stock photos. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see that's why you see these photos on billboards of a of like, I don't know, a doctor um, who is like impossibly pretty. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I mean, obviously, that is a human with a perfectly valid body too. Sure. Although I guarantee you that that person is a model who has also been photoshopped. <laughs> yes. So, so, so that, or you see the the stock photo uh, of the uh, the conference room oh, where yeah. there's there's three white men, an Asian woman, a black man, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all standing around that conference table, like yep, with
1: the window behind them. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Lucky yep, if there's you know a the plant one. in there or something, but that's about it. Yeah. Right.
1: or or one of my favorite stock photo genres smiling women laughing alone with salad
0: oh yeah yeah when you when you ever google like stock photos of dietitians it's wild we're holding all kinds of weird food just white (laughs) ladies holding all kinds of weird food with their white lab coats on sometimes they have stethoscopes I don't know why because we don't do that (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like okay great
1: because the the photographer in question who took that photo Mm but well stethoscopes were medical related here hold sure yeah yeah I got one of these <laughs> yeah, yeah. so 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 that is and 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 stock photos are I'm wondering a little afield here but it's important to to if we're going to talk about stock photos of course they are both prescriptive and descriptive mm-hmm. they are descriptive in that photographers are photographing things they think will sell right so they are their images are describing the way our society exists but they are also prescriptive in that Is perpetuating that there's only one type of photo that's being produced and and that continues to cement that these are the people who do things right uh these are these are the images of people that are represented and so so what i'm doing is i'm prescribing something different yes simple i love it i'm saying i'm saying there are more bodies out there than 22 year old semi-professional models who Mm -hmm. are modeling for for photographers who value one type of body um you know i'm photographing very fat people i'm the only one in the world doing this yeah and it's really cool because i'm changing the world and you, you know sure in are. a unique way um but when when we use more diverse stock photography it's so cool because we are we're gonna attract new business mm-hmm. because we're representing our actual customers yeah you know because i don't know anybody Anybody except maybe unless you're a model agency, mm-hmm. um, in which case they're still your clients. But I don't know anybody right. whose clients or customers are solely twenty-two-year-old models.
0: Right. Yet yeah, generally, twenty-two-year-olds don't have a whole lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, everybody, everybody who runs a business is serving all different kinds types of people in general. Yeah. You know. So, so representing that means that you're making way more people feel welcome. Mm-hmm especially say if you run a gym and you and you want to show that you are friendly towards all different types of people but if you're only showing 22 year old models and fitness gear on your website well yeah. that's who's welcome
0: right right and that so, perpetuates so that the is... stigma of us not belonging in the gym anyway which we hear from so many people when we actually get there
1: yeah yeah and now now you have to back that up too you can't just use diverse Diverse photography or <laughs> sure. diverse images and then be really crappy to the people. Instead. Right. Yeah. The, you know, yeah, <laughs> to, to, to the people that, that look more like those images when they get there. But yeah. that's a whole different discussion. But, but that is just, <laughs> it's really cool how much you can subtly change the world by just using a different photo.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, and so, so, of
1: course, I have a vested interest in that, you know, because these are the photos <laughs> sure. that I sell. <laughs> yeah. but, but that is, it's a really easy way to to do good things for your business and the world at the same mm-hmm. time.
0: And they're lovely to look through. I've I've taken a lot of time when I was selecting some for my own website that'll be coming up. Um, my, my website's up, but I'm kind of tweaking it a little bit and looking through those and just it's it's a beautiful thing to see um and i'm so grateful for you doing that work it, it's lovely it's yeah, so lovely. people
1: people use those galleries as exposure therapy all the time and just, yeah that's lovely just idea because where else are you gonna find you know that i mean there are places on the internet where you can find lots of beautiful photos of larger bodies people's <laughs> instagram feeds and so on but it's a really great place to to just find thousands of images just to scroll through mm-hmm. and be like oh look at that body that body's great look at that body that body's great oh that yeah. body looks like mine and yes it's painted in a way that's respectful mm-hmm. and beautiful and a high quality mm-hmm. you know and just yeah so people people will just go browse
0: yeah I love that I love that so much and I think that you because I am a mom going back to you know, having exposure, anybody who has exposure to children and really changing that narrative just within your own home or in the communications that you have with children or not even communication because so much of it is body language and the environment that you create for a child around you is, is so much harder than I ever imagined it to be, you know, and I've done this work now for a bit and feel comfortable talking to myself about myself without an issue, but when it comes to her changing body and the language that comes along with that, and cause she's probably going to be, uh, you know, she's got the genes <laughs> of, of the rest of us fat ladies in this, in this home. And so she's, you know, I, like she had even just at six years old trying to get a belt that fit her, and the belt didn't fit around her. And it was just heartbreaking. And I'm like, I'm going to the store and buying a new belt because that one not made right. And just kind of finding those words to say when we come across that because we know it starts so young um when we're exposed to that. And I think that that's a really important part in the, those action steps to watch what you're saying to them too, and not just around you. And, you know, the way that you speak around their bodies. And that's a, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but so rewarding at the same time. I mean, we'll see as <laughs> she gets older and we'll see where it goes. You know, we sometimes only have so much influence depending on how the world treats her, but, um, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's
1: incredible. Yeah, and I think it's easy for parents who are, Body accepting or body positive themselves to put a lot of pressure on themselves to produce kids who are totally body accepting. Yeah. And that's a great goal, but that's hard Mm -hmm. because for for two reasons. Well, three, because parenting is hard in general. (laughs) I mean, you are taking care of somebody else's life and shaping that. That's, you know, that's a tremendous responsibility. So that's number one. Number two is that no matter what messages you give them, um, the world is going to give them the predominant messages that it does about bodies. So so you can fight the good fight, yeah. but also they're going to be getting negative messages from everywhere else. So, uh, you know, and can't, you just cannot put the pressure on yourself to totally outweigh the messages the rest of the world is giving them. Yeah. You just can't. I mean, yeah. you, can, you do what you can. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because... You are breaking general generational cycles yourself. Mm-hmm. That is hard work. Mm-hmm. That is that requires you, if you are changing the way you think about your own body and the way that you are communicating to kids about bodies in general, that's two things, two big important, heavy things that you're juggling at once. You are not going to do a perfect job. <laughs> And yes. and you have to give yourself grace about that, yeah. Because breaking those generational cycles of body hatred is just, it's hard work, and it it, it may take you your whole life. Mm-hmm. It may be something that you're just always working on, mm-hmm. and that is totally normal. That is not you being a failure or being too slow about it or or just not being magically body accepting. It, it takes most people, you know, a very long time, and it's never really. Uh, because we're surrounded by the world that gives us the messages that it does, there's never really a place where you have reached, I don't know, body nirvana and you'll just never be fussed <laughs> yeah. about bodies again. Like that's yeah. just not, that's not, that's not a thing.
0: Not realistic. Yeah. So, and another so, you know, good reason to uh, making sure that the images that they are taking in are, are diverse mm-hmm. in that way as well. So whatever, yeah. however way you can, in the best possible way, way that you can control that and whatever controlling that looks like that's such a that's a big that's a big one to grapple with but i apologize i interrupted you there
1: oh no i was just i was just gonna say yeah the more that you can provide for them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. and and of course if you are helping provide them good body images you're also reinforcing that for yourself yeah but just give yourself a lot of grace because you're doing hard important work yeah absolutely and it's not going to be perfect yeah
0: Well, I thank you so much for coming on with me today. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy you and your voice and everything that you are able to represent uh, in this movement. And I'm so grateful for your work. How can people find you and uh, reach out to you or whatever they might want to do if they want to work with you or just follow (laughs) you and see your awesome stuff?
1: Yeah, please, please do feel free to follow me. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, so you can find all of my work at bodyliberationphotos.com. Uh, I'm most active on my Instagram, which is bodyliberationwithlinley. And I'm, I'm sure we'll end up putting these yeah. in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Um, I also do a weekly newsletter that is uh, to toot my own horn a little bit. It's really fantastic. It really it is. Has, uh, it has some kind of meaningful writing every week about body image or systems of power or body oppression or... You know body body how to love your body more or or some kind of relevant writing every week plus plus things that that are sort of hot topics right now in in the realms of fat activism or health at every size or body positivity and uh, you can get to that at bit.ly that's bit.ly body liberation guide
0: Awesome. And that's been a lovely thing to have show up in my inbox uh, every week. I I really, really enjoy
1: that. (laughs) It's something I'm really proud of. Yeah. Because it makes such a difference for people.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for being here. And I am so excited uh, to continue to see where your work grows. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: What a wonderful episode. Uh, I am so incredibly grateful to be able to have spoken with Lindley and to have that conversation. Again, a a bit of a fangirl, so it was a very exciting conversation. And I will make sure that all of her information so that you can access her work is down below in the show notes. The other thing I want to make sure you all are aware of uh, that Lindley just kind of released after we recorded is the Body Liberation Blanket Fort Discord group. So if you... Go on over to her patreon starts as little as a dollar a month you will have access to this 24 7 chat space there's so many perks and awesome things um and so i think it's a really exciting way to build up community so if that's something that you're interested in looking for fat positive body safe community of people to just kind of talk through with this seems like a really great group so definitely check that out as a reminder, this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only. This is not a replacement for mental health or medical advice. Thank you all so much again. Uh, I can't wait to chat with you all in the future. Let me know uh, if you loved this episode. Head on over to an Apple podcast if you want to leave a review. Uh, definitely subscribe so that we know that you're listening and that we know that you're following and that you're loving what you're getting. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of November and I will see you in December.